You're listening to the Married Real Estate Investors Podcast, episode number one, Emotional Chaos, The Hunt for a Jackson Primary Residence. This is Ryan. And Heather Johnson. And you are listening to the Married Real Estate Investors Podcast. We are here to share our journey into real estate investment and talk straight about the ups and downs of wealth creation through real estate investment. Welcome to the Married Real Estate Investors Podcast. So, so at 145 today, we're going to look at a house that came out of nowhere. Like literally out of nowhere, the realtor called us, not even a realtor we've been actively working with, and texted you. And he said, there's a very cute house. I liked that he said very, I feel like that makes it cuter. And when he said very cute, our brains immediately went to, this place is tiny, it's for <laughs> miniature people. He's already overselling it via his text. But we weren't even in a position where we wanted to buy a property at this point in our lives. No, we actually told the realtor we were working with that we weren't interested. Like a week ago. Oh. I told her, we're not we're not going to buy a property. Stop sending us properties. We're taking a different route. We'll be ready in about a year to buy a property. And here. we were going to rent for another 12 months. We're currently living in Jackson, Wyoming, which is a whole other story in and of itself. Ah, our but dream place. Th this is where our, our heart sinks. And, yeah. and our plan was to rent for a year. We just finished that plan that, that year and we are looking for another place to rent moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, but then this text comes over about this property that well, has not even come up on the MLS. That's no. a big deal, right? Yeah. This is like a mythical unicorn. <laughs> Everyone talks about the off-market properties. What I love is that you and I work right next to each other in our desks and you got that text and didn't tell me for like hours that morning and you're over here doing your on the computer and I'm thinking you're doing other stuff and then you go okay I have to show you something and I come over and you've built out this whole spreadsheet that's right right you had totally like looked at all that before you even talked to me which is really interesting because had you even seen pictures yet no <laughs> there was a very cute place and we had a price 1.45 million now one of the reasons why we want to rent for another year is so that we could be better prepared right when you're looking to get a mortgage there's all of the requirements the three pillars of qualification down payment debt to income ratio credit score credit score is good we're 790s 800 but coming down for it coming up with a down payment for a 1.45 million dollar property and making the debt to income ratios work on a $1.45 million property is a little bit tricky. And then you have to start looking at scenarios. Do I buy it mm -hmm. as a primary residence? Do I buy it as an investment property? Well, Do I, I, where are we gonna come up with our down payment? Do we take a, a, a home equity line of credit or a cash out refinance on our other properties? Well, and here's the big thing too. It's painful to spend that much money on a property, right? Because we're moving, we moved here from Utah and our house there is valued at $1.2 million and we're renting it out, but we only paid 500 for that. So our mortgage is like this big and it's a 4,500 square foot, beautiful luxe house and a house of that price here doesn't even exist. They don't even sell houses here that are that cheap at 1.2. So this house that we're looking at at 1.4 is like a cottage. I'm thinking of it like a cottage because it's tiny. It's like 1,100 square feet and you're not very small and we don't have small kids and everyone is like full grown. So putting five people in 1,100 square feet sounds like a garage sales dream come true because we're going to have to get rid of like everything we own to move in there. So I, what I think is interesting is why are we even considering it? Because a week ago we literally were saying, no, we're totally not interested. 
So last night we were talking about this, like why would we even consider this property? Because I think that's interesting. So you tell and, me, because there's, and, and there's so, financial, but there's also other things going on. I, I, I'm, the numbers, I'm the numbers guy, and there's an opportunity cost. Because if we purchase this house in Jackson, it is going to take up a significant portion of our resources that would keep us mm -hmm. from being able to purchase another investment property. At this point, we are bullish. Uh, we, we are moving forward aggressively in the vacation rental space. Exactly. So if we buy this Super property obsessed. in Jackson, uh, th there will, even, even if we buy it as an investment property, it, it will, it, you know, break even as an investment property, or it will give us a place to live for our family. Uh, if we buy a vacation rental, then we have like a significant income opportunity that we can move forward with. But then we're Which homeless. means one of our other goals, but then we're homeless. <laughs> and then we're moving in with my in-laws in their 900 square feet upstairs. I love them so much. I don't really want to live with them because I think between them and our two dogs and us, we might not like each other after like a week or two. But so. Jackson is a very unique place. And we'll talk about it today and we will talk about it on future podcasts this is like the motherland. This is like the land of my inheritance. And I'm not talking about my parents' house. I'm talking about the dirt in the feelings, in the memories, in the emotions. Talking about me personally. Like yeah. we listen to the song Paradise City every time we've driven into the valley for the last 20 years when we didn't live here. Which is so hilarious. That is so true. Even when we directed the Grand Teton Relay, we started that race because you were kind of obsessed with Jackson. And wanted to be here. And when we first got married, I'd never even been here until we were dating. And I was like, Jackson, meh. I guess it's okay because I have this joke that if you live here, you don't have to shower in the summer. Because you just jump in all the rivers. Because that's what you did all summer when we were dating. Because that was what I thought. You always smelled fine. It was no worries. But I just didn't really have that same connection. And I think it wasn't until years later that I thought, Jackson's kind of a special place. And from like a woo-woo side is supposed to be like this vortex of energetic no, power. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It totally is. In the Tetons. Crystals and chakras and all that good no, stuff. No, you're, yes. you're mistaking Jackson in Sedona, no, Arizona. No, for reals. So anyways, so eventually that vortex has sucked me into Jackson as well. Heather is full-blown and... on the I shall not shower bandwagon. But listen, you need to understand. <laughs> we have got whitewater rafting in the middle of the night. Anyone that hears this and feels like they're compelled to do whitewater rafting when the full moon is out, then you need to reach out to us because you're absolutely our kind of people. We're jumping out of I'm like a 40-year-old, and, and that's on the low side. I'm probably closer rounding up to 50, but if you care how old I am, screw off. It's none of your business. <laughs> it just means you're wiser. But I, I'm like a middle-aged, uh, homesick kid. Okay. But, it, but I've been homesick since I left uh, Jackson in, in the late 90s. So we, we came into this scenario um, last summer because this is another important variable in this whole conversation. Well, here's going back even further, every single time we come to Jackson for years and years, we would then go home and sit and look at real estate. We would even call realtors when we were here. We'd go over to Sotheby's and the fancy realtors, and we'd go and check out all these properties that there was zero possibility of us actually being able to buy. 
because at the time houses we could afford were like 200,000 and houses in Jackson were like 900,000. Now, if you could buy property in Jackson for 900,000, you would be like, you know, kissing and praising the sky. But because it's so much more expensive now, it makes it harder to do it. Okay. So sorry. I totally digress for you. I don't even know. Okay. So first thing you need to understand about Heather is that she struggles with her metaphors. And I look forward to hearing all of these crazy things that she says. I've never heard it kissing and praising this guy before. There you go. Well, now it's a new one that you guys can use as well. And he is one to talk because he always says he gets his mix talked up. So you guys will get to hear lots of fun one-liners from us. Yes. Not planned. Okay. So we, we for 20 years, we've been talking about moving to Jackson. And people, to the degree that people like start to like make fun of us. Because, and they call bull crap. Because they, yeah. our words did not match our actions. So we came up in the summer of 2021. Mm -hmm. our, our oldest daughter was old enough to live with grandma in Jackson. And so she, she beat us up here. She'd been spending the entire summer working in Jackson, working for a whitewater rafting company. And there was something that was different about her when we came up to visit over the 4th of July. We brought our son who frankly had been struggling and COVID demolished this poor kid like a lot of poor kids, right? They're already struggling to get away from the video game console without COVID to have like interactions with other human beings. Mm -hmm. But COVID made it even worse. So the whole, our whole family drove up to Jackson in the Sprinter van, we call it base camp. Cause it's the base of all adventure. And we're staying with my mom in Jackson, Wyoming, totally a full house. My daughter was there and something really it cool happened. Like like blessing. Like if you if you believe in, in a higher power, you kind of sense that this was one of those moments in our life. So our son started to spend time with our daughter the very first second that, that we, we, we brought him up to Jackson. Which, side note, is not how they normally interact because growing up, they're about two and a half years apart and they don't always get along the very best. But at this point, you know, she's 19, he's 16. I think they're finally realizing if they want to have a friend, they have no cousins their age when we all get together. They probably should just be nice to each other. So she had already been here and had tons of good friends and was dressing like a little wild hippie person. And she's rocking the chacos. Oh yeah, proud about her chacos tan on her feet. So she's like, "We're gonna go rock it." So he was going with her everywhere, and they were playing and, and, and having and a good time. And she, she she was twenty years old at the time, and she was hanging out with like beautiful girls. So that probably had something to do with the fact. <laughs> That, that her and Everest were connected and he was ready to like You're go experience yeah, Jackson. A 16 year old boy might enjoy hanging out with lovely 19 and 20 year old girls. Probably so. So they really bonded and connected and we were like, this might be an important thing for him. I was kind of done with the painted nails and the necklaces and the hours spent watching anime and the pants and the falling off his thumb. And the whole emo vibe yeah. was just not He working. just had gone a path that I think, um, he's trying to find some identity like a lot of teenage kids do at this age. But we just thought this might be an opportunity. So we kind of made a rash decision. Okay, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're driving home from our 4th of July uh, party with the family that's family tradition. We've been doing it forever. Um, we call it... Floyd Stock, because my dad's name is Floyd and he has a mustache and he's a Jackson OG. Uh, we're, we're third generation Jackson, right? So anyway, that, that's just a side note. We're driving home in the Sprinter van and like we had done many times before, Heather goes, you know, I think it's time. Something was different about our son. Something is different about our daughter. 
And she goes, if I can find a place to rent up there, do you think we could we could pull it off? Can, can I start heading that direction? And like we'd said 20 times before, sure, let's go for it. Let's do it. But I didn't even believe our own words. This was July 7th. On July 8th, I had to go out of town. Um, I, I, I am an introverted attention whore. I, I, I do... Um, contract uh, MC and announcer work for a couple of running event companies. So I got on a plane right after that. That was on July 7th. As I'm cruising around Seattle, I, I get this uh, notification on my email that someone had run my credit. And I thought, oh, great, identity theft. This is going <laughs> to suck. But after I received that, there was a text from Heather. Well, you asked me, is this you? And I wrote back, I said, oh yeah, I didn't tell you. I've applied for a house in Jackson to rent that I found. And here's a picture of it. And I listed our house on Zillow and posted it with all the photos to rent. And I have people calling that want to rent our house out. And I'm finding a storage unit. And I'm, I had just gone down the line. I was selling a car. We were doing all the things to move. And he, poor man, had been gone from the house for 24 hours. You can't give me permission to do something. Even the word sure is like... Green light. I'm just going for it. Whatever you, and, whatever you're talking about. And, 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 and if you've got ears to listen to this podcast, you are going to see that this is a common theme. When when we decide that it's time to go, like it is full out, a hundred percent, hair on fire, come hell or high water, we are moving forward. Yep. So I, I was in Seattle for like less than two days, and Heather had reorganized and in in in, in reestablished an entire new life. By August, we moved, we arrived here August seventh. So thirty days after we had kind of this half-hearted conversation about moving to Jackson, we free we we made a life dream come true. And as someone who'd always wanted to live up here, I was like, hell yeah, this is gonna suck. We moved into a place that we were renting for. $9,500. Which is ridiculous. That's more than the mortgage would be on a Which nice Which is house insane. Um, but but again, if you believe in a higher power, we, we feel very clearly that, that this, this was where we needed to be with our family. Uh, we've been here for close to a year, and I'm sure we'll have more stories about this to come, but our, our kids are thriving. Yeah, they love it here. They're different people. I think it was hardest for our little one because she had a lot of things she was up to at home. Yeah. But I think she's finally, I said to her the other day, do you feel like you're kind of becoming a Jacksonite? And she goes, a little bit, but I still don't know for sure, mom. But she's finally easing into it. But, you know, there's a problem because there's lack of housing here. And we're teaching people how to buy investment properties in real estate. We've got this great house in Draper with all this equity in it at this point. Because we owe like 300 and it's worth $1.2 million. So then the question becomes, what's the next move? What do we do from here? Do we sell that house? Do we refinance that house? Do we do an equity line of credit on that house? I mean, there's so many options of what we could do. And that actually leads to paralysis sometimes because you're not sure what's the best move. And so that's when the spreadsheet comes out and Ryan's over there tapping away on his spreadsheet. And, and, and that is where we are at today, trying to explore options. And, and we are mortgage geeks, we're loan officers, we're, we're, um, we're, we're neck deep in this stuff. And even with all of the experience and keeping up at a very high level on all of the loan opportunities for investment properties, it is a very 
daunting process. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot it, of moving parts. You got to figure out all the, and you do one move and it affects 10 other things. So you can't just like willy nilly do it. Now, if you are an average person who's not investing in real estate, you just buy a house and you live in it. It's like no big thing. But when you want to actually create wealth, which is what our intention is, I mean, our intention is 15 and five, right? And we've talked about this before, but 15 and five. And if we're going to make that happen, 15 properties in five years, we have to like be super strategic about how we do all this and how we manage our resources and how we manage all of our investments. So it makes it a little bit tricky. Like, I don't think you slept very well last night. I, I haven't slept well for the last two nights since that one text of a very cute house for $1.45 million is, well, is coming through. But we have had a lot of fun, like, analyzing this property. Uh, Jackson is unique in that there is a supply and demand issue, which means that the appreciation in this place is out of control mm-hmm. and through the roof. Oh, and the other point that I wanted to make was this. Um, we, we are, we are committed in our bones. Like we're called, we've called our shop. We call it, we want to buy 15 properties in five years, which is no easy task, no matter how you slice or dice it based on DTI challenges, based on uh, down payment challenges. Kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach when you say that, like, Oh, how are we going to pull that one off? But you know what? When we didn't know how to swim, we signed up for an Ironman. So, you know, you just figure it out. If you commit to it, then you'll figure it out. So we're going to figure it out. And you work backwards. And if we had had this conversation a week ago, I'd have said, screw the Jackson property. That's going to ruin our plan. But um, I I was talking to a, a dear friend as we were flying out to the fields of Oregon to slay some chuckers. And quail. And as they said there, if it flies, it dies. You guys were in Wyoming. People hunt here. If that's offensive to you because you don't like guns, I'm so sorry. So we go hunting. But but um, th- this this friend, he, he's he's like a superhero in my like a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of millennials are geeking out over freaking Iron Man or whoever. There, <laughs> like this guy is like real life hero. Like he, he, we're the exact same age, and he is just demolished life like he just operates on a totally different level and i was having this conversation with him you know hey do you think it's a good time to buy a house in jackson and he goes oh and he laughs because he knew our, our situation he's like well um it's probably always a good time to buy a house in jackson because the appreciation here is got to be as high as it is on anywhere on the planet but then he brought up this other variable which was which was awesome because he's a total data analysis kind of guy and he goes, sometimes when you're looking at it, it purchasing, there's more that goes into it than just uh, what is the investment versus the return? Mm-hmm. How much income versus how much mortgage payment? What's your debt service coverage ratio? What's your cap rate? There's there's more to it. And for some reason, between last week and when he, uh, our realtor sent us that, that text... Um, it, it also the fact that I, I, I'm kind of getting into panic mode because not only are there... <laughs> Or is it difficult to find a house to live? It's difficult to find a place to rent. There is like literally nothing. And every week, Wednesdays, the newspaper comes out. And I'm like checking the paper. And I mean, there's just not a lot of resources here. People just don't have the availability. And it's sort of getting stressful. Because you know when it's a far way out, you can think, oh, well, we'll find something. It'll be fine. It'll all work out. And as it gets closer and closer to, um, what will we call it, M-Day, moving day, and you have nowhere to move to, 
I mean, we really don't have a lot of options. We even talked about buying a really nice camper. We're like, we'll just live in a camper on your parents' driveway. But this is not really the direction I wanna go. I would like to buy something that is an asset that's gonna create some wealth for us and yeah, and not be homeless. And, and not be homeless. So um, what, one of the things that we teach in our Buy an Investment Property Challenge is this idea of move and hold. So for first time investors or for people that are buying their first investment property, it can be a very daunting challenge. But what we found in our own experience, what we found working with you know hundreds if not thousands of clients that are in the investment property space, that one of the best entry moves is to, if you're ready for a new house, move into, buy a new house as a primary residence, but keep your current house as a rental. There's a lot of great advantages. If you wanna get into the details and the nuts and bolts of it, um, but but it, it, offer, it offers an opportunity to like uh, tr try your hand at being a landlord. You know the property inside and out. You bought the property years ago, which means that you can rent it for more than your mortgage payment would be, et cetera. So we actually made 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 that move and hold, uh, and it's been a very strong move for us, right? Oh, it's because been so nice. like Heather was so mentioning nice. early, we we lived in the Draper house. It's been building equity. We've been mm -hmm. paying it down. Um, what most people would have done before they moved to Jackson is they would have sold the Draper house and then they would have used that equity to, to, to buy something else moving forward. Well, everybody in Draper, our neighbors all thought it was nuts that we weren't. They said, you're keeping the house. Why aren't you selling it? Things are hot right now. You're going to make a ton of money if you sell it, which is totally true. But you look over time, it's going to keep appreciating. Yep. Even if it's flat for a while, it's going to keep appreciating. And Utah's doing amazing right now. So it's been a debate. And for a while, we were at an impasse because I was refusing to sell the Draper house. Like, I was adamant that we not keep it. And you were refusing to buy a house in Jackson. Hence, being homeless. Because now we can't live in the one house we do own. And we're not agreeing on buying a new house. And I was telling my mom that we were having that conversation. She goes... Is, are you surprised? You guys are always like that. One's like over here and one's like over here. So if we can come to a consensus and when we go see this very cute cottage, I'm going to call it, Alveolar Jackson Cottage. It's not that today. It's not that tight. No, it's drama, actually... Drama, drama. Okay, fine. It's 1,100 square feet. Which is like a fourth of what we lived in in Utah. So it is much smaller <laughs> when you look at it that way. But you know, tiny houses are cool. It's yes. better than van life. And, and we might not buy there and, and, and live in it. Oh, sorry. Did I get my mix fucked up? We might not buy that Jackson house and live in it. Which would make it even more funny if we buy the house and then rent it out and we're still homeless. Yes. Because then we'll own two houses and have nowhere to live. That sounds pretty awesome. But it's more than just refusing, right? Because when, when, when you're making these decisions to buy an investment property, you're not doing so in a vacuum. You don't have an endless amount of resources or an endless amount of credit that you can draw upon. Totally true. And so part of the challenge of that, that we're facing right now and that most people face when they're like making investment property challenge, and I have this conversation with our clients on a regular basis is, well, how, how much can you afford? And, and there's... There's a high level easy answer when you start looking at, well, if you've got $200,000 down and 20% down payment, blah, 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 and you can work out an invest or, or a debt to income ratio. But when you start like getting into the nuts and bolts of the loan programs that are available, there's always that fine print that you've got to be worried about. Mm -hmm. For example, when you're moving into a jumbo based on today's date, you can't expect a 49% debt to income ratio. 
No, which we're learning. 43. It's, it's a 43 percent debt to income ratio. Which makes it tricky if your mortgage is going to be super big and it affects your DTI. So we're yes. right now playing about nine different scenarios out. Yes. And we haven't even looked at the house yet. And- but, <laughs> but, but it's a good idea because we don't want to go into that house and be like, okay, we want to make an offer on this and not know. A, are we buying it as an investment? Are we buying it as a primary residence? Are we buying it and going to turn around and flip and sell it? I mean, there's so many things you could do with it. What are we going to do with this house if we make an offer on it? And we don't want to make an offer that we can't actually follow through on because that's ridiculous. And the realtor who's working with us is like a rock star in Jackson. So we really don't want to... We don't want to embarrass him. We don't want to embarrass him. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. In the slightest. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really interesting today at 145. We did go drive by the house a couple days ago just to check it out and see if it was even doable. And it's it's a very nice, very well-kept house. So... It's a potential. We'll have to let you know it, how it, this goes. It, it is a potential, and we're excited to let you know how it goes. Um, if you would have asked me a week ago if we could have made this work from a debt-to-income ratio and all the mortgage geek stuff, I would have told you no. But guess what I was thinking in the shower this morning? <laughs> well, don't tell us everything you were thinking in the shower this morning, <laughs> but maybe if it's applicable to this. Go ahead. All right, so <laughs> I'm in the shower thinking about lots of things. One of the things I thought about was, and I can't remember this guy's name. I wish I could so that I could reference him, but he was like a Navy SEAL, right? Mm-hmm. And these guys push themselves to the absolute limit. And he has a theory. He has a theory that when your brain first tells you that you're effed, you're probably only 30% of the way effed. <laughs> but when you get to that moment, that's when your brain starts to expand and that's when you start to see and understand new solutions and new ideas. Mm-hmm. So a week ago, I was like, we're effed. We got to find a place to rent. Hopefully, fingers crossed. TP's work. Let's put TP. We're going to freaking stock up a TP and we're going to have a vision quest. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And that vision quest will tell us where we're supposed to buy a house. Yes. yes and we're going to we're going to talk to the white wolf. But that's what what are we even talking about? <laughs> I don't this Navy, the Navy Steel, the Navy Steel says that if you're only if you when, once you first say you're effed, you're really only thirty percent of the way effed, and we've actually experienced that, right? Um, you, 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 I'm surprised that how many solutions we've been able to come up with since since uh, this opportunity has has uh, presented itself. So I, I think that's probably a, a good point to uh, wrap it up. To, to wrap it up. And uh, ne- next time, uh, we'll look forward to talk to you about the, uh, the the walkthrough. And you know the funniest thing about this whole thing is that we've been losing sleep and we've spent like hours prepping and we don't we don't even have a property under contract. And we don't even know if there's going to be a million people bidding on it, which there probably will be. So it's very interesting. We've been wallowing around in idiocy for the last two, which is... But you know what? I think that the idiocy brings out some clarity. That's going to be our line from today. Idiocy brings clarity. That we have been marching up the learning yeah. curve and we have been understanding what that 70% of being effed looks like. Because <laughs> we wouldn't have got there without this experience. Exactly. And I kept saying weeks and weeks ago, can't there be a way that we can do all of it? Can't we keep the Draper house and buy a Jackson house and get an investment property? And I am feeling optimistic that there is going to be a way that we can do all of them. Yep. So that could be awesome. So we'll let you guys know how that goes. That's the cliffhanger. Yeah. All right. So we're out of here. See you guys later. Have a beautiful week. 
Thanks for listening. You can always find us at buyaninvestmentpropertychallenge.com. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a review wherever you are listening and follow us for more tips and strategies to secure your next real estate investment property.